This is your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes of jam-packed, up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, well... There should have been a lot of top stories over the past three weeks, but the one that continues to dominate the news cycle is the fact that the United States, under the orders of Donald Trump, without the consent of Congress, droned to death several, seven Iranians, two of whom were very high ranking. One was Soleimani, Qasem Soleimani, who was the commander of Quds, the the military intelligence, extraterritorial kind of uh, arm of their of their military in Iran and Abu Mahdi al muhandis of the who ran the popular mobilization forces, which is what they consider to be their anti-terrorist group. It was formed to fight ISIS and has been functioning in that capacity ever since. So the response of course, has been very strong coming out of Iran. This guy apparently was targeted by Israel about five years ago, and the U.S. told them to stand down. But then about two years ago, the U.S. gave them the green light to assassinate him. And in this case, we actually did it ourselves. Now, the response has been very strong. Iranians are horrified by this. This is a very, very high-ranking guy. From what I could tell, Now, we're being told that there's going to be retaliation, escalation, all of this. I did see the the speech of Nasrallah, who's the Hezbollah leader, saying there is going to be retaliation. Don't freak out, though. You'll just play into their hands. They're trying to provoke us. They're trying to have a psychological impact. Remember, being a martyr is winning also. We will respond. We will get back at them by targeting military and other people who have blood on their hands, but not American civilians. And they are considering those kind of targets. However, we are being told to watch out for Iranian attacks here in the U.S. I actually saw my first one. The Federal Depository Library Program website apparently was hacked with some making fun of Trump messages. And Iranians said that they took the credit for it, but... No officials have opined either way. We did and, say yeah. that there would be cyber attacks in response to this on our New Year's show. Oh, yeah. No, I know. That's why I'm saying it. Like, we definitely saw that coming. That's what they said that they were going to do. We we knew that's actually we might have been doing this just to give our own false flags more credibility because that is what we do. We're doing. And I think it. But I, we also said that this is probably not the spark that lights the fuse that we're going to have some some more time. Agreed. And you mentioned that Israel had attempted to assassinate him or go after him. In 2019, Iran claims that he survived an assassination plot by, what was it? They said an Arab-Israel group. Now, I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but they claim to have arrested three people associated with a a foiled assassination plot against him. And this was October of 2019. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And they, and who, and it was an Arab Israeli group that, that was. Yes. Fingered for that. Yes. They were very vague about the specifics of it. I assume if it was like really Israel, it would be Mossad and they would have just done it. (laughs) 
Right. Another interesting fact about this guy, I started looking into him, and he was kind of a cult figure. I did the search where I prevented any of the after-the-killing results from coming up. Yes, you have to tell me how to do that. How can you do that? You just put minus and whatever most predominant words are, like minus 20, minus... Right, drone strike. Yeah, right, right, right. right. And I found... I mean, the guy was kind of a cult figure. He was... He had uh, a celebrity status over there, and he, in 2012, was named by Wired Magazine as the most dangerous man in the world... And Wired Magazine even talked about how if we're going to go to World War III, it's going to be started with Iran, and this is going to be the guy. Pretty interesting. Wow. In 2015, Hugh Hewitt, the radio host, also called him – the Republican radio host called him the most dangerous man in the world. 2015. That's when Israel was trying to hit him. This was during an interview with a presidential candidate who didn't really know who the guy was, <laughs> named Donald Trump. <laughs> he was quizzing Trump. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So there's a possibility these seeds for assassination have been planted in Trump's head for a long mm-hmm. time. And, well, okay. yeah, I don't believe I, I don't believe that Trump calls any of these shots. Right. The only Trump connection, if it were going to get personal with Trump, I would say is that I still think that that Netanyahu being on the ropes over there is a reason for a lot of the stuff Trump is doing from the Golan Heights to recognizing the settlements that are against the U.N. resolution to moving the embassy to Jerusalem. And I think even this is a way, if nothing else, to show Israel that no matter how corrupt Netanyahu is, no matter how sick of him you are, he controls the United States. And if you don't reinstate him as prime minister, you will not have that. Look at how Trump will do Netanyahu's bidding. Yes, he was also referred to as something like the most dangerous man to Israel as well. So a lot of people referred to him as the most dangerous man long before Trump even came into the picture here. And another interesting thing, which I haven't heard much talked about, maybe you did hear about this. Did you hear about the letter that Mike Pompeo wrote him in early December? No, well, I Pom- did not. Yeah, Pompeo sent him a letter in early December, like December 3rd, expressing concern regarding Iran's increasingly threatened behavior in Iraq after uh, Soleimani. Is that how you say it? I think so. Soleimani had indicated, according to Pompeo, that Forces that were under his control were going to attack U.S. forces in Iraq, so Pompeo sent him a very threatening letter that there would be consequences if he did not stop or if he planned some of these actions. Wait, so you're saying Soleimani said – I missed that one sentence. I have to hear again. Go back two sentences Pompeo if you can remember. Pompeo said that Soleimani uh, – yeah. Indicated. This is what he said. Yes. Okay. 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 Got it. That his forces were going to okay. attack American forces. So it sounds to me like this is clearly Pompeo kind of setting the table for this event. Possibly. And Soleimani said he wasn't worried about being assassinated because it would be such a tremendous act of war. Well, they said that the New York, the New York Times said that they presented Trump with three options. And I don't know if this is true <laughs> from the New York Times. I mean, you never, but whatever. Said that the option of assassinating Soleimani was presented as an outrageous option, kind of like in marketing when you give yes, three, yes. Options, three options, and one of them is intentionally outrageous in order to make the others look more reasonable and nudge the person to the decision that you want them to make. But Trump didn't make that decision, apparently, 
and the generals or the intel agents were just flabbergasted when he chose the intentionally outrageous option that they themselves put in front of them. So the New York Times is reporting that the way our foreign policy works and the way Trump makes decisions is that the stovepipers give him three options of with a clear emotional manipulative bias embedded in it. And this is their they're not reporting on the fact that that's unbelievably outrageous and they would call me a conspiracy theorist for saying that. Yeah. They're saying, can you believe Trump called their bluff? Yeah. This is outrageous. You know, it's so stupid. That's why I don't even believe this stuff at all, at all. It's like, it's not, it's just, I think it's much more likely that Netanyahu told Kushner, this is how it's going to be. Like, I'd like to see if Kushner was over there recently. Good question. I mean, just that's how it works, because that's how, like, John Brennan and McCain, like, those people oh. pop up in, like, Ukraine or wherever something's about to happen. Yeah. They were there, because they're not putting anything over SIGINT. SIGINT? Is that Signals Intelligence? Is that <laughs> I think weird? so. That's what I'm saying, yeah. The number four on that 2012 wired list of most dangerous people in the world, John Brennan. I was going to say. He was a, a, a real scapegoat, like a grease trap or whatever for i mean he's just the guy that they demonize like trump is a guy they demonize well, they, they just now though on the left yeah they do they do seem to give him some credibility that is true there was another interesting story that came after the death the news of the death was announced of the iranian general and world war three began trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's when I start standing down. This call. I mean, I could sleep at night because once that started trending, I was like, okay. You could sleep at night, but a lot of college students and others couldn't sleep at night because they were doing searches about whether or not the draft was going to be reinstated and they were going to be forced into the military. The draft going to be <gasps> oh. Actually, there were so many searches that people flooded the Selective Services website, and it shut the hmm. website down because of hmm. the overflow of traffic. And so the Selective Service then released a statement on Twitter because that's what we do now. We make official <laughs> statements on Twitter. And they said that the Selective Service system is conducting business as usual in the event of a national emergency – If it necessitates a draft, Congress and the president would need to pass official legislation to authorize a draft. And I I bring the story up because this felt like, while I don't think it's imminent, I think from the the standpoint of the public mind, this felt like somewhat of a turning point to where the possibility of a world war seemed like a distant, not that real thing to where it has now all of a sudden in a lot of people's minds become – more real the possibility of it well, happening to them the fear, yeah which they need the fear because if they have the fear then that makes people act in survival mode which makes people willing to kill other people that, that, that have been demonized which brings support uh, public support for a war so this could be the process of creating war fervor that we're seeing right here interesting and in any case acceptance yes get used to the idea but something you said about twitter very interesting. I wasn't thinking about this, but but yes, yeah, so they officially put this word out on Twitter or whatever. That was the effective. I think Trump said recently, yesterday, 
something like that. I, it just, I didn't investigate it because I, I didn't recognize the significance until now that Nancy Pelosi should consider his tweets, her official notification of his decisions. So I would like to say if that's what's happening, then Twitter is de facto the public square. It's a de facto. If Bill Cosby is considered to be, I mean, this was the most crazy upside down thing. Bill Cosby's deposition or other things about his free speech or, or his rights were trampled upon. A judge found because the fact that Bill Cosby spoke about politics made him a politician. You know, which is, of course, the exact opposite of what the First Amendment is for. The exact opposite is for citizens to be able to speak as openly as politicians are allowed to. But they turned that on its head and said, you lose all protections as a private citizen because you're effectively politicians. So if you and and things like public square places where the law enforcement can be asked to respond, these are all places that are considered, even if they're private property, private people, anything like that. Public squares for purposes of the First Amendment. Now, I am not really a big believer in overreading the First Amendment, but if they are making Twitter the de facto public forum, and then they're going to go and censor us, which they absolutely have been, I think that my tweets were starting to be censored immediately in this Soleimani thing, which was after the first of the year when they changed their terms of service. I mean, I should have had... A thousand retweets and likes and stuff on some of the stuff, or not a thousand, but dozens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some I got dozens on that were not as good as the ones that were getting nothing, that yeah. weren't increasing, like, even by a single like. Yeah. Even though I had it pinned, you know, like, I just, I know that there's something going down, but I would say it's totally contrary to how the First Amendment has been read. Sorry for the tangent. No, that relates to the possibility of war. That's what they crack down on. Is- oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're seeing that coming, and that's why I thought like the terms of service of Twitter are changing just as they're escalating the war fervor. I did want to point out, though, something about that date, that they are saying over and over again, this January 3rd, 2020, 1-3, is their watershed date. It's their, they didn't say their 9-11, but that is their 9-11. Related to that, at the Golden Globes, the movie that won the best picture Surprise win. I didn't, it wasn't a surprise to me. Not that I thought the movie was good, but just the way I saw the promotions about this movie, I was like, they're focusing a lot on this movie because they're pushing these World War Three themes, in my opinion, because this movie is called 1917, which is the year that the United States. The U.S. entered World War One. World War One movie about two British soldiers who have to cross enemy lines on. Uh, a mad dash against the clock to get a letter to their colleagues in order to save a bunch of their their comrades. But the date and the way they've been pushing this movie, the war aspect of it, it just has seemed a little heavy. And now that we're seeing this come out with uh, Iran and they win Best Picture a couple days after. I mean, World War One. what are they possibly suggesting was the pro- justification for world? You know, how is that going to get people behind you know i i I believe i agree with you that that's what they're doing and it was 100 years ago i don't know anything about this golden globes thing i do have a few like one little items about the salmani thing because i did want to get the facts out let me get that out and then we'll just move on uh this guy was blamed for that saudi attack on the oil fields 
Oh, yeah. So we knew that was going to come back. And he's also blamed on killing Americans, but American personnel over there, which I would say are trespassers. You know what I mean? He's not blamed for killing tourists in London. So, like, just when you're when you're trying to justify killing this guy, let's have a little more than Donald Trump's tweets. Apparently, last I saw, his DNA was pending, that the DNA test was not, that he was identified by a ring on his right. finger. Even though they had that huge funeral and stuff, I did not see anything that verified. But they admit that it was him, so whatever. That, that right there, to me, is just like a ring. A ri- is a ring so unique? It's like a right. It's like a fingerprint, or can no, right? A ring. No, no, I agree with you. Uh, we are sending thousands of troops to the region at the same time that Iraq voted to have Americans leave. Yeah. The replacement of this guy, Soleimani, vows to or states that he will continue the exact same policy and style. So I would say, if that's the case. What did you really accomplish that you couldn't have done in a trial? Like if the guy really did commit war atrocities, you should have a trial. And that would be a little more, it would justify your position instead of making, you know, this this murder. It's really an assassination as a murder. And him and Trump used to go back and forth on Twitter a little bit, jabbing each other. Soleimani? Yeah. Oh my God! Took shots. At Trump, Trump <laughs> Gosh, I have to. Wonder who tweets for him. I wonder if the new guy is going to have the same tweeter. <laughs> so we're just going to be back where we started. Uh, and then the daughter of this guy said that it will be a dark day, and that Americans. I was trying to find a direct translation. I couldn't. Americans will just wait for the day their children die. Something like that. So, so harsh words coming from his daughter, yeah, but not from like the. The head of Headspell. Yeah, right. Everybody's waiting for that. Anyway, so that's all I got on the Soleimani thing. Those were the big facts I thought were interesting and important. Yeah, I think that for me, the focus on that is how it affects public opinion and creating war fervor and getting people afraid. And I think they will continue to build on themes like this throughout the course of the year. Yeah, and who knows how what else it'll stretch into. Like, I believe that the Ukraine thing is really about escalating there, yeah. escalating against Russia anyway, escalating military aid to them, taking away all resistance to military aid. Because without all this impeachment thing, which we can touch on because there's a little bit of news on that too, without all the impeachment thing, you wouldn't have this. Now there's no question that any red-blooded American patriot, Democrat, or Republican has simply got to insist on at least $400 million, if not more, of military aid to Ukraine immediately, and we better escalate against Russia or we're a bunch of traitors. Right, and never mind the fact that Iran is doing training exercises with Russia. This guy has— And China, yeah. Yeah, he's met with Putin in the past. The, the... They actually called themselves the Axis— Oh, did they? They would yes. to name themselves. Yes. So nobody's going to comment. On, they'll still call Trump a Russian, despite the fact that he allegedly was responsible for making the decision. This, to kill a but this is this is why history may go back and say he felt he had something to prove because yeah. he's a limp dick or whatever, right. and he has to, that's why, so he had to prove, or the alternative, which will be, is what I, I'm going to call the Tucker Carlson play, where Tucker Carlson's like, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, and then one day Tucker Carlson's going to say, well, we got, you know, now we've gone too far, and everybody's like, well, if Tucker Carlson thinks we should attack Iran, if Trump thinks we should attack Russia, 
you know, then they'll pie Piper all the people who would have been more cautious. Yeah, Tucker Carlson is there to kind of Pied Piper. In yes, people who are uncertain. And right. Lead the, be the right. Shit. Lead the resistance. Yeah. Lead the lead the anti-war right to the slaughter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So impeachment news. You want? You want a little? Okay. Lindsey Graham wants to, quote, change the rules. And Nancy Pelosi wants to, quote, change the rules. That Nancy Pelosi is this. I, I watched a little blurb by Napolitano. So I've got some insight from him. It's not my own. He says Nancy Pelosi is withholding the articles of impeachment for the leverage. I think this is common knowledge for the leverage to be able to call witnesses that they did not call in the investigation. Now, Napolitano suggested that she re- reopen the investigation at the congressional level and redraft the articles of impeachment, which is kind of like what you were saying, another impeachment, because of these new, what Napolitano said was these new emails that have emerged that show that Trump was the one to direct suppressing the aid. Now, Try to investigate that little factoid, and you are just in a in an endless vortex of clicking, 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 clicking through little blue lighted words, whatever that never get you anywhere. Here is the what he was talking about. If this is not news to you, I don't know. The associate director of national security programs, Michael Duffy, allegedly or reportedly wrote in a now redacted but still unavail not an unredacted but still not publicly available email where he said clear direction from POTUS to continue to hold on the aid. This is the quote out of the email that we don't get to read, but NYU law schools, just security website did get to see those emails and told us, what they said. So, so the source is a law school. Somebody at a NYU law school. Uh, the source is so is so many times removed from that, and and even the smoking gun that he POTUS clear direction comes from POTUS to suppress aid. Like I don't even know to continue to suppress the aid. I mean, whatever, because the aid should have been IMF aid is being suppressed right now. It is illegal for the IMF to give money to Ukraine because of the Privat Bank situation is unresolved. Like there's the, we should not be giving aid to Ukraine. And it, and for for POTUS to say, yeah, like, let's keep holding off until we absolutely have to make it happen by the end of September, according to congressional rules, as, as how I understand it. Anyway, so so Napolitano is like, OK, now if they have this new stuff, then Nancy Pelosi can reopen the investigation and redraft the articles. But Lindsey Graham wants to accelerate the process, not wait for the articles, but have a trial anyway. And I would say... Have a trial. Exactly. Yeah, you got to work on it. But that's an easy one, probably for you. Anyway, so he says to do that, he's like, and this is a canard, a a big, like, fake... Thing. Sorry, I know, but it's yeah, but true. I think they say all the time. They say, yeah, and it, the, but his canard was that he said the founders did not envision that the Speaker of the House would try something like this. Yeah. It's like the founders, like if you look at the Constitution, it says so. Then I looked up the Constitution to see what they did envision. 
And with the impeachment, all it says is that they have to sit, they have to be under oath or affirmation. So it's the real deal. They can't lie or anything. It's the chief justice presides over the trial and two thirds of the members present must vote to convict. So what if some Republicans don't show up? Like, that's the thing that I thought was kind of interesting. So Maybe they'll have a red wedding and get rid of all the Republicans. Red weddings. Are red. What's a it's red a wedding? They poison all the wine. Oh, and then everybody dies. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Maybe they'll start resigning as they are yeah. want to do. So uh, I think that's it. There's. Yeah, go ahead. Your turn. That Napolitano story. All they're doing there is distracting from the fact that it could very well have been justified that they're withholding aid because of the very obvious corruption that's going on with Burisma and all that. It just distracts from any of – from all the Biden-associated stuff. Oh, yeah. POTUS should definitely say do not send aid. Like there's no – it would be dereliction of duty if he didn't do that, like – you know what I mean? Unrelated to even the Biden stuff. This is similar. It's an outstanding issue that cost them billions of dollars at the governmental level of Ukraine, which is the level into which we insert this. And they keep calling it military aid. Only a portion of it was military aid. And that is the controversial part of it. So the reason IMF can't give the money is that it gets it is at risk of getting siphoned off by Kolomoisky, who has a suit against them. I've been through this before. Right. <laughs> Everything. Every time they talk about, well, we can file a new thing of impeachment because this email or whatever came out saying that he directed the withholding of the aid. It just continues to to reaffirm the presumption that it's completely wrong and illegal and it's corruption to oh yeah the Bidens. It's just instead like, of saying, like I wonder why he said that. Like a new pieces of information could actually illuminate the truth instead of just add fuel to the fire. Right. It, it, right. Just like. Nobody stops and says, wait a minute, we're assuming Russia is guilty. Are they? They just presume it. Here, right. Nobody's actually. Oh, Iran. Think about Iran. Yeah. Like what? What do you? They are the opposite of the people who everybody thinks that they bombed us on 9-11. They had nothing to do with it. Iraq had nothing to do with it. Either. It's the Sunnis who are our allies. Yeah. Like you got to wrap your mind around that. The Saudi Arabians, they're all our allies yeah. did it. How how is that justify war with Iran? Yeah, these are all the same thing with same thing with Assad. Like people say he's so bad, they were bad towards the Muslim Brotherhood, yeah. who those very people say are the, what we're against in the Muslim Brotherhood. <laughs> Forget it. So anyway, I just remember if you really want to figure it all out, you well back in the day I could do it just on the internet. You'd have to at least do DuckDuckGo and avoid Wikipedia. Although Wikipedia is definitely gives you some highlights to pull the threads on the only other thing with impeachment was what you and i both noticed that bolton said he might testify right does he even have a choice are you even allowed to say eh i think he just gets to decide he made an announcement i'd like to testify i'd like to testify personally too. i've heard them say a couple of times that imply anyway that if you don't still work for the government they can't compel you to testify before congress but i i don't think i believe that who knows? Who John knows? Bolton might send a drone strike at him, though, if they disobey. His I think he's out of power, right? Yeah, has he got he any has power? A private drone. 
<laughs> Actually, there are a lot of drones. Uh, but there I, are drones yeah. everywhere, and these strikes, yeah. this new warfare is drone warfare, yet drones yeah. are kind of common above us. That's why, that's why I don't worry about the draft. Because they're not, I don't think they're drafting people they're anymore. Drafting people. They, they have drones I don't think they have so. plenty of people that are excited enough. Yeah, you know how they're drafting people? They, you might not even know. It might be like Ender's Game where my kid sitting in the basement or the little, his little game room doesn't even know that he is actually manning a real drone. Right, it could totally be like that. And one of the things they said about the type of people they draft in this article about the possibility of reinstating the draft. They say they yeah. say that men who are drafted undergo physical, mental, and moral evaluations. Whoa. So if you pass the moral evaluation, you don't get to join up, I, I assume. Love to know what that like the Connecticut police test that had an IQ max. Yeah, exactly. An IQ max. So this has like a moral max. Like they, they show you the Chris Kyle movie and they're just like, hey, if we tell you a chick and a kid are terrorists, will you just kill them without without question? Right. If you get aroused during that movie, then you're in. Oh, my gosh. So I wanna All right. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Sorry. I was just saying I can't. I don't know how long I can last. Literally, like <laughs> I feel like a pretzel trying to talk into the mic and not touch it again. Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes last night. The Golden Globes is the award ceremony for Hollywood. Yeah, I know. They get together and, and yeah, I know nothing about it. You have to tell me everything. And yeah. I told you the best picture was 1917. Ricky Gervais has hosted like five times, so they knew what they were getting. So they put him up there on purpose. But he got up there and he just went off on Hollywood. He basically roasted the whole crowd in front of him. Wow, was it funny? Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, really? I thought it was late. I'm, I'm going to go through That's great. with you. Yeah. And the reactions from the crowd, especially Tom Hanks, was priceless. Tom Hanks did not appreciate almost every joke that Ricky Gervais told. I want to see— Was this before or after Tom Hanks cried from getting the Cecil B. DeMille Award? That's the only thing I heard. I heard that on Fox. It was Fox. before. It was at the beginning of the season. Before. Okay, okay, okay. This was his opening monologue. I want to see if you can guess the punchline of this joke that he opened up with. He came out and he Ricky Gervais is very he's very cutting in his comedy. He always so they knew what they were getting. He started off by saying, "Like everyone here, I arrived in a limo tonight. The license plate was made by What do you think the punchline? Can you predict the punchline there?" Uh incarcerated black Felicity man. Felicity Huffman. <laughs> The crowd groaned at that one. They were they were not. Oh, that's happy. funny though. No, it is funny, but they were not yeah. happy that he insulted. I, if anyone should groan, it's me, considering I think half those people were railroaded. He didn't say Lori Lachlan because she is not in. Jail. She's not in jail. Right on. Yeah. Fight, Lori, fight. Then he came out and he told the whole crowd that Ronan Farrow. The guy who has been exposing the Weinstein-like sex yeah. offenders. I like to call him Ronan Sinatra. Yes, because he, uh, <laughs> he looks like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> he told the whole crowd that Ronan Farrow is coming for them. And then he called them all a bunch of perverts. <laughs> he, called the whole crowd, oh he said, speaking of But is that perverts, funny? Is that funny? Was it funny? The way that he said it, it was funny. It was. Okay, great. That's good. As long as it's funny, I, I can take it. Yeah, he said it with a nice tone, a nice rhythm. Yeah, yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had some good ones. He said, "Yeah," and then he came out and he referenced a movie. 
And the movie he was referencing, it's not important, but he references how a character in that movie, at the end of that movie, everybody thought that he killed himself. But he did not kill himself, just mm-hmm. like Jeffrey Epstein did. <laughs> to which he we- said that? Yes! Oh my gosh, that's the fantastic. Again, there's some groaned. Laughter and then that was funny because groans. it's so funny. It's a it's a meme. It was a mix of groans and laughter, but the groans definitely won out. And I presume. <gasps> well, they can't laugh because then they would be targeted as someone who has a certain viewpoint. Right. So after the crowd groaned, he then said, Oh, I know he's your friend, but I don't care. I don't get it. He didn't kill himself. He didn't kill himself just like Jeffrey Epstein did. And then the crowd groaned because they didn't like the joke. And he said, oh, I know he's your friend. And I don't care. I don't care that he's your friend. That Epstein is their friend? Yes. Ooh. You know who is their friend? Yeah. Is Weinstein. You're all a bunch of pedophiles. Yes, yes. Pedophile jokes. And you're all buddies with Jeffrey Epstein. And they they all groaned. And his attitude was pretty much, fuck it. I don't care what these people think. Right. Maybe he does. Maybe he's put on a show. Wow, interesting. And then he made a Leonardo. So what was the after, what was the back, was there backlash? Or is he being hailed or exoriated? I have not really read many articles on it. I just watched it and watched Right, it. right. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So I don't know. But the actors they kept cutting to did not look happy about his jokes because he was clearly referencing some people. And in fact, he made one joke about Leonardo DiCaprio where he oh. talked about how the new movie – the, the movie with Brad Pitt, the Quentin Tarantino movie, Hollywood. I can't remember the full name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he said the movie was so long, it's three hours long, that when Leonardo DiCaprio went to the premiere, that by the time it was over, his date was too old for him. <laughs> That's really and funny. Even, oh, but this is not goes, the time. He goes, and even Prince Andrew was like, oh, man, you're too old for him. <laughs> something like that. To She's too old for you. the first part of that joke, but then when he brought in Prince right. Andrew and connected, no, but it's but it's not funny, right? Like if it's if any of it isn't funny, that's not actually funny because, like Epstein, all that stuff. We know that they're all convicted. Like there's no no harm done. Felicity Huffman went to jail. She right. like all that, but Leonardo DiCaprio, he's saying is an active unchecked pedophile. Right. That's exactly what it seems to be. Saying. And that's the only one they can laugh at. You yeah. know, because they don't know what to make of the rest of this stuff. And a couple more, mm-hmm. and that'll be it for me. He yeah. talked about how all the actors and actresses there are a bunch of hypocrites because they all they all cast in. They perform in Apple and Amazon movies. They're streaming mm-hmm. services, Disney streaming service mm-hmm. movies. And these companies have child slave labor over in China. Mm-hmm. Yet they're here. Look at the yeah. look at these twisted kids. These yeah. actors who are kids. Look at the Olsen twins. Does it look like they were treated well? Like that was a healthy childhood. Well, they can't he's eat. Talking about they make products with child. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually don't even. Uh, I don't know if that. I don't know the truth or not. Regardless, like if I were twelve years old and starving, or even eight years old and starving, they were like, "Hey, if you make these dolls, I will feed you." I mean, that's a that's a construct. Yeah. Right. Child labor laws are ruining this country. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a parks and recreation or not kidding. I don't know. But it, the libertarian on parks and recreation is a big advocate of child yeah. labor. After calling them hypocrites because of the Amazon 
child slave labor stuff, he, he said ISIS could start a streaming service because there's a bunch of new streaming services that have been started by these companies. He said ISIS could start a new streaming service, and you guys would be on the phone with your agents immediately. So just telling them they would yeah, – just, he just bashing their morals, bashing everything. But ISIS's streaming, streaming service is the same as like the Disney's. Exactly. They're, they're all they're – all, all, they all get checked by the CIA. Yeah. And then he closed it out by telling award winners that – if you win an award, don't use the platform to make some sort of political speech because you're in no position to make a political speech and that you know nothing about the real world and that you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg and that if you win, to come up here, get your little award, thank your agent, thank your God, and then go fuck off. Wow. He lost me when he made a movie called The Invention of Lying, and it was about religion, not government. Right, so they had government functioning with politicians and everything, and no one was lying. Yeah, it's like that's definitely not possible. I feel like that they knew what they were getting there, so I'm not yeah. sure why they would allow that ratings definitely because nobody even knew that was going on until his monologue happened, which probably caused more people to tune in afterwards because they were releasing that right after. Nobody would have watched. Oh yeah, they just had to go too far. Good point. And they did. I recommend everybody checking it out and watching it. It's pretty funny. Do you have anything else you'd like to enter today? No, I've missed you, Brad. I've missed you as well. I know we promised <laughs> a few deep dives over the holidays. I, I had some oh, yes. issues. That, I'm uh, glad that you're back. I was a little worried that we'd even be able to start today. I was as well. I'm glad that we have been able to. And you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. I'm glad to be back. It's great to see you again, Monica. And we See you tomorrow. Talk to you guys tomorrow.